Well, do please uh, take up your Bibles and open them, if you will, to the Gospel of Matthew and uh, chapter 26. If you are using one of the church Bibles, it's on page 525. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. We're going to read from verse 20 to 56. The events that are recorded here take place immediately after uh, Christ and his disciples have gone into the uh, upper room and are in the process of celebrating the Passover before his betrayal. We will read um, of his arrest at the end of this passage. So Matthew chapter 26, verse 20. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it with you, drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, 
My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time he went away and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. And he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And while he was still speaking, Behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? They came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? In that hour Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. We'll leave the reading of God's word there and uh, consider something of it. What is it above all else that should be the desire of one who comes with the responsibility of preaching before a congregation for the first time? Well, I've thought much of this over the past weeks, and have I considered our time together this morning, today, I can't find a more complete answer than that which was given by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth. I determined not to know anything among you. Except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
And with this in mind, I'd like us to consider this morning a question. A question asked by the Lord Jesus Christ. Such a question we should expect, therefore, is a question that will be asked gently and graciously. For he is meek and lowly. And yet, he is almighty God. And therefore, we should expect this morning a soul-searching question. It's the question that some of you may not want to answer honestly. It's a question that may cause some of you some discomfort this morning. But it is a question which I pray will cause each of us to consider our own standing before the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a question that's found in the passage we read together in Matthew chapter 26 of the account of Christ's last meal with his disciples before his crucifixion and of his arrest and betrayal. And it's a question that's found in verse 50. It's asked of Judas Iscariot. Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Sufferings of Christ had at this point already commenced. Verse 38 tells us that his soul was exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. It's at a point where the Lord Jesus Christ knows that Judas is betraying him. We saw that in verse 25. You have said it. He knew that Judas Iscariot was not one of those souls for whom in a few short hours he would give his life. We see that in verse 24. It would be, have been good for that man if he had not been born. And yet... Amongst the huge crowd that was gathered there. Amongst the confusion that was taking place. Amongst his other disciples. In the pain of his sufferings. And in the knowledge of who Judas was. And where Judas would ultimately be found. We find these words. Friends, why have you come? It's the silent question that as we gather together here in the presence of Christ this morning is being asked of each of us. So let's look briefly this morning at uh, this verse, these words. And what we find here is... That we have a personal encounter. That's the context in which 
Christ asks this question. Whoever else was present at this time there in the dark of Gethsemane, and there were many there, this is a personal encounter between the Lord Jesus Christ and Judas. An encounter that takes place in probably just a, a few seconds. It's recorded for us in verses 49 and 50. Where two individuals, despite everything that is going on around them, are actively engaged with each other. And everyone else present is merely a spectator for those few brief moments. We note in verse 49 that it's Judas who initiates the encounter. He comes with this crowd from the chief priests and from the scribe and the elders. And he ignores the other disciples. And he ignores the crowd that is with him. And he speaks directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. He refers to him as rabbi, acknowledging something, who Jesus is. And Jesus responds graciously. He too, at this point, ignores the rest of the disciples and the crowd. And he focuses his attention upon the man in front of him with a question. As far as we are aware, Judas said nothing in reply to it. And then those moments of intimacy have gone. And the arrest of Christ takes place and the disciples flee. Well, this morning, each of you have come into this building initiating a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've come as Judas came. Knowing the place where Christ would be found. He would be found amongst his disciples. Of course Christ himself had placed himself there in Gethsemane. In preparation for Judas' appearance. Just as Christ places himself in the gatherings of his people. As they come together to worship him. And to study his word. This morning. He's found here amongst us. And he comes to meet. And have an encounter. With each. And every one of them. He's fulfilling his promise this morning to meet. Where two or three are gathered in his name. And you've come. And having come. Whether you understand it or not. You have initiated. An encounter. Between you. And the living God. Like Judas. You come I presume. With some recognition of who it is. That you are meeting with. At the start of this service. You each sang in your praise, acknowledging him as Lord. That was the refrain that you used. Thus, Lord, your waiting servant bless. 
You bowed your head. And you silently joined in the corporate prayers, acknowledging his mediatorial office and his divine nature. But the question is this morning, not who do you believe Jesus is, but the question is why have you come? You've come into the presence of God the Son. How are you to engage with him? How is it that you are going to respond to him as he says to you, friend? Why have you come? Because you see this question, it's found in a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a question that is a personal dialogue between Christ and each of us this morning. We've already noted, haven't we, how the Lord Jesus addresses Judas directly and personally. The question that's asked of Judas is not dissimilar to the question that the Lord Jesus Christ asked of someone else that he once met. In Mark 10 we have the account of the Lord Jesus Christ meeting Bartimaeus. At the time Christ met him, Bartimaeus was blind. And the question the Lord Jesus Christ asked that man, what do you want me to do for you? Both Judas and Bartimaeus acknowledged something of who Christ is. Both were asked personally almost identical questions from the lips of Christ. But unlike Judas, Bartimaeus had a need. A need that only Christ could fulfill. And he asked for his sight. And was answered, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I wonder this morning... As we leave this place, whether the answer to Christ, of Christ to us would be go your way. Your faith has made you well. How close Judas was to finding forgiveness and mercy. Even here in the very act of betraying Christ, he was just an answer in faith away. And yet, he remained silent. Because he had no faith in the man he was betraying. He had nothing to ask of the man who welcomed him as a friend. Because he believed Jesus had nothing to give. It reminds me of that encounter that takes place as Jesus is presented with the woman who's been caught in adultery. You can read the account of what takes place there in John chapter 8. And when you read it, one of the things that I trust will strike you in that episode 
is how when those accusers of that woman are convicted by their consciences, every one of them goes out until the woman and Christ are left alone. Not one of them seeks to have their conscience eased by the one in front of them who could remove that burden. Every one of them left that meeting with Christ carrying their guilt with them. And so it was for Jesus, for Judas. An intimate moment is presented when an opportunity to repent, even as he is betraying Christ. And the opportunity is rejected. I wonder if that's how you've come this morning. But Judas came. Yes, you acknowledge on your lips who the Lord Jesus Christ is. But you've come here this morning seeking nothing from him. You've come here this morning needing nothing from him. You've come here this morning desiring nothing from him. You've come here this morning answering nothing to the question that he asks you. Friend, why have you come? If you leave as Judas left, and I fear today up and down this land there will be many who go into places of worship Seeking nothing, desiring nothing, needing nothing from Christ. He will leave as Judas left. I trust and I hope and I pray that there will be none here who leave as Judas left. Because you see, Judas left with no hope. He left with no comfort. He left with no peace. He left with no salvation. Pray today that Christ would open your eyes and your understanding. That you might see what Judas never saw. That this morning you are gathered in the presence of the Saviour who can lift every burden. You are gathered in the presence of the Saviour. Who can comfort every distress and give grace to help in every time of need. How I pray this morning that none of us would leave in silence as Judas did. Praise God if this morning in answer to that question... Your heart sang those words that we sang only a few moments ago. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus 
I come. Jesus, I come. Into thy freedom, gladness and light. Jesus, I come to thee. Out of my sickness and into thy health. Out of my want and into thy wealth. Out of my sin and into thyself. Jesus, I come to thee. It's a great prayer. May it be the prayer of our hearts this day. We have here in these words a personal encounter between the Lord Jesus Christ and Judas. It's a personal dialogue between the two of them. Judas is extended a personal welcome. Friend, he says, how is it possible that the Lord Jesus Christ in the depth of his sorrows and his sufferings in the pain of seeing one he has walked this earth with for three years betraying him welcome him as friend the answer of course is because he is the friend of sinners You know, sometimes we forget, don't we? That the Lord Jesus Christ, through his gospel, welcomes all to come. If his welcome was conditional on the depth and the extent of our sin, then I fear heaven would indeed be a sparsely populated place. Let's not fall into the trap of thinking that somehow some are more deserving of mercy than others. That somehow Judas stands alone as a sinner who deserved no mercy. He received no mercy, that is true. But he was welcomed and he was invited You know, there's nowhere else this morning for sinners like Judas or me or you to go. And praise God that there is none who are too far sunk in sin. That they are not welcome. We sing it sometimes, don't we? The vilest sinner out of hell who lives to feel their need. Is welcome to the throne of grace, the Saviour's blood, to plead. It's the very heart of the gospel we preach. It's the very heart of the gospel that brings hope to the hopeless. It's the very heart of the gospel that proclaims the glory of Christ's sacrifice and the cleansing nature of his death. It's a gospel that welcomes and forgives We're told in Timothy, in Paul's letters to Timothy, the chiefest of sinners. The gospel that's built upon the sacrifice and the shed blood of Christ is a gospel that's sufficient to cleanse. And you know that remains the case today. 
on the 26th of August 2023, here in Chelmsley Wood. The Lord Jesus Christ continues to welcome sinners, continues to call them friend. The promise is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. Recorded for us by John in his gospel, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. He goes on in that passage in John 6 to declare that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And that Christ will raise them up at the last day. Judas came to Christ, but he didn't believe him to be the saviour he didn't see him in his glory he came with his own agenda he came with his own desires Judas as he stood before Christ had his eyes set upon 30 pieces of silver that's all that his heart could think of I wonder what it is that your heart desired as you came in here this morning. I wonder what it is that your heart desires and where your treasure is this morning. What is it that you are seeking? How many come desiring not to know Christ as their saviour, but to receive some temporal blessing? Some earthly gift. How many come week by week to services desiring that Christ would fulfill the lust of their eyes. And the lust of their flesh. And the pride of their life. With no concern for their souls. You know we have read this morning. The last but one meeting that takes place between the Lord Jesus Christ and Judas Iscariot. How welcoming Christ is to him here in the Garden of Gethsemane. Amongst all of the, the confusion and the pain and the difficulty. How different their final meeting. We read of their final meeting in the preceding chapter. Chapter 25 verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. It's the last meeting that Christ and Judas will have on that day. Verse 41 tells us how Christ will address Judas on that day. He will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. 
method of address, no longer friend, but curse. The question, no longer why have you come, but a command to depart. The words are solemn. But on that day, Judas can bring no accusation against Christ. He was welcomed as a friend in the very act of betrayal. An opportunity to repent and a welcome was given. The last time they met on this earth before Christ was crucified. An invitation was given to seek mercy. And it was rejected. Judas at this point had no awareness of how little time he had left in this life. It would only be a few short days. Before the wages he had earned in betraying Christ. Had been thrown back in the face of those who paid him. And in remorse, Judas had taken his own life. You know, none of us as we gather here this morning know when it will be the last time in this life that the Lord Jesus Christ will welcome us as friends. I wonder this morning, can you say that he will welcome you as friend? On that great day of his return. Praise God. If you can indeed this morning say. What a friend I have in Jesus. All my sins and griefs he bore. You know if you know this morning the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour then the glory and the wonder is that although he sees you as a friend, he doesn't call you friend. Those who are his. If you are a Christian this morning, then he calls you by name. The sheep hear my voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. As welcoming and as inviting as the Lord Jesus Christ was to Judas. How different his method of address was when you compare it to how he spoke to Peter after Peter had denied him. There in John 21, he also questions Peter. But he doesn't address Peter as friend. Simon Son of Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah. Do you love me more than these? You know, you can't go far into the scriptures before you're confronted by the very uncomfortable truth that the Lord Jesus Christ divides people. He divides families and he divides congregations. And this morning as we gather here, we gather as a divided congregation. Some of us will be gathered here in the presence of a saviour who welcomes us by name. Who is the good shepherd 
who knows us and who is known to us. The good shepherd who leads us. And we gather in his presence to rejoice and to fellowship with him. There will be others gathered here this morning who gather in the presence of a saviour who calls you friend. He's extending a welcome and an invitation to you that you may come to know him as your saviour. I wonder this morning how he is addressing you this morning. By name or by friend or by or as friend. The glory is that if he's addressing you as friend, today is yet another opportunity to answer him and to seek him and to find mercy in him. The personal encounter that takes place here in verse 50 of, Mar- of Matthew 26. It's a personal dialogue that takes place between the Lord Jesus Christ and Judas. It's a personal welcome that Christ extends to, the, to Judas. And it's a personal encouragement that Christ gives to him. Why have you come? Christ knew why Judas had come. See that in verse 46. Let us be going. See my betrayer is at hand. You might be saying well why ask the question then? Some mates might say that the question is rhetorical. That the question is sarcastic or ironic. Personally I don't believe these are traits that are found in the character of Christ. Rather... My view is that these are the words of a gentle and a gracious and a compassionate saviour. One who came to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ does not only welcome sinners. He's encouraging them. There is encouragement here for Judas to examine himself. In those few brief moments. There's encouragement for him to look at the motives of his heart. There's encouragement for him to consider the man who stood before him. Judas had spent three years in the company of this man. He had seen every miracle he had performed. He had heard every sermon that Christ had preached. He'd experienced himself the power of Christ as he was sent out with the other eleven to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick and to command demons. He had the blessing of hearing all of the private teachings of Christ. He'd heard that great confession of Peter that Jesus was the Christ, the Son. The living God. Surely this man needed no further encouragement. But isn't that the wonder. Of the saviour that we worship. Today. Doesn't matter how many times you hear his gospel. Doesn't matter how many times you've ignored. His gospel. Doesn't matter how many times. You've mocked his gospel. How many times you've agreed with it. But remained silent. And not called upon him. 
This morning, he will only ever encourage. And this morning, he says to each of us, examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. See and understand the need that you have. See the one into whose presence you have come this day. One who can meet that need. We meet in the presence of one this morning who knows all that we've done. One who knows all the places we have been. One who knows the very intents and motivations of our heart as we got up this morning, as we prepared to come here. One who heard the thoughts of our hearts as we drove or walked to this place and as we came through the door. The one who even now hears the thoughts that you have as we consider this passage together. He knows what your answer to this question is. What do we see in Judas at this moment? We see a picture of humanity. Of humanity in its fallen nature outside of Christ. No reaction at all. Whatever the opportunity, whatever the circumstances, whatever the encouragement, the heart of man is so hard against his creator and against his gospel. The heart of man is so dead spiritually, so self-centred and proud that whatever the welcome and whatever the encouragement, he will never of his own free will admit that he is helpless, that he is lost, that he is hell-deserving. He will never turn to Christ. That's the painful reality into which humanity has sunk. And the only difference between Judas and any here who claim Christ as their saviour is that if you are Christ's this morning, you have been born again. You have been given new life and a new nature through the operation of the Holy Spirit. Without a work of God, all of us would leave this place as Judas left that encounter with Christ, silent. This morning I can plead till I'm blue in the face. But if God doesn't touch your heart and open your eyes, then my words will be empty. As we draw our time together to a close, the question is now to be directed to each of us. Why have you come? What is it that's brought you from your home this morning? What was your hope and your desire as you came through the doors and you took your seat in the Ford Bridge Centre in August 2023? What is it that you hoped to take from this service? How will you answer? Do you feel like Judas felt? Silent? Willing to acknowledge Christ but unwilling to engage with him? 
Have you come as Judas came with your own agenda, your own desires? No interest in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. No interest in the eternal life that he promises to those who are his. That's how you came and that's how you leave. Then Christ calls you friend this morning. And he encourages you to consider again your states and your standing before God. To consider again the glory of the Saviour who came to redeem. The one who we will sing of shortly stands ready to save, full of pity, love and power. The one who is able and who is willing so we should doubt no more. How do you answer the question this morning, why have you come? Are you here? Perhaps, and I hope many, if not all of you are, as those who know this man. Know him by name and are known to him by name. And you've come desiring to see him honoured and to see him praised. You've come desiring to hear him preached, to be glorified. You've come desiring for him to be present and to fellowship with you. That's how you've come this morning. Then whatever the circumstances you find yourself in in this life, whatever the pains and the struggles and the sorrows you've carried into this place and may well carry out with you, you are of all people most blessed. This morning, you have a saviour who knows you, who calls you by name, who went to the cross and gave his life and shed his blood that he might pay the penalty for your sin. And he encourages you this morning with every promise of his word and what great and glorious promises they are. We read some of them earlier in that passage. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Your sins have been dealt with, believer. I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This morning, believer, you have a glorious future, an assured, certain, secured hope of one day being in the presence physically of your Saviour. feasting and delighting in him well whatever you think of the service this morning whatever you remember of it take these words think upon them examine yourself in the light of them and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? A personal encounter. You've had one this morning with the Lord Jesus Christ. A personal dialogue. You've had one this morning with the Lord Jesus Christ. A personal welcome. 
He's given you one this morning. A personal encouragement. He's invited you this morning. How will you answer him? Amen.